welcome to another exciting podcast from Living Faith Church. It's our hope and prayer that today's message will bring you closer and deeper to the heart of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now here is our lead pastor, Pastor Dean Hackett. Almighty God was speaking to the prophet Ezekiel. And in that conversation, he gave him a vision of a valley that was filled with human bones. They were old. They were very dry. They'd been there a long, long time. And Almighty God asked the prophet, can these bones live? Ezekiel answered him really wisely. He said, "Uh, God, you know the answer to that. God's response to him was, I want you to prophesy to these bones and say, old bones, hear the word of the Lord. And as the prophet began proclaiming and preaching over that valley of bones, a really loud noise began. And it was the rattling of those bones. And they were coming together. And the bones of the feet were coming together with ankle bones. And the ankle bones were coming together with shin bones. And shin bones were coming together with thigh bones. And thigh bones were connecting to the pelvis bone. And then hands were connecting to arms. And skulls were connecting to spine and neck. And then as he continued prophesying, cartilage began to appear, and then muscles, and then skin, and now the whole valley was filled with dead human bodies. And God spoke to the prophet again. And he said, prophet, prophesy and proclaim to the breath, breathe on these bodies and bring life. And so the prophet again began to proclaim. And as he began to proclaim, life came into those bodies, and they began to stand up, and it said there was a massive army now in that valley. As all those bones had become living human beings. going on this is a prophetic message that God later in the chapter says is about the Jewish people and the nation of Israel see in 70 AD the Roman Empire that had been ruling over the nation of Israel conquered Israel and destroyed the capital city And the nation of Israel ceased to exist. And the Jewish people were scattered around the world. And for 1,900 years, there were Jewish families in most all the nations of the earth. But Israel did not exist. And then suddenly there came in the heart of Jewish families all over the world to go to the homeland. 
Eretz Israel. Go home. And from all over the world, they began to come back. And the prophet Isaiah had declared at one time this question. Can a nation be born in a day? And the answer was never in history. Never in history had a nation that had ceased to exist be reborn, and certainly not in a day. And a language that had ceased to exist had never come back into existence. But May 14, 1948, for the first time in history, and still to this day for the only time in history, a nation was born in a day as they declared the nation of Israel reborn May 14, 1948. And not only that, but the Hebrew language had been rediscovered and is now being spoken. Wow. Wow. And that's what this was all about. But I got to tell you, it's also declaring about another day. There's another day coming. When in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, the Lord Jesus Christ is going to appear in the clouds. And all around the world, graves are going to start rattling. And out of those graves are going to come bodies. For some, they have been dead for millennia. Others, they've only been dead a short time. But all of a sudden, those graves are going to open up, and out of those graves are going to come bodies, and they're going to meet the Lord Jesus Christ in the air. It's called the rapture of the church, 2 Thessalonians chapter 4. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds and meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Hallelujah! What a day of rattling that's going to be. That was extra. The first service didn't get that part. As we were singing that song, I just began to think about it. Hallelujah! What a day that's going to be, man. Let me tell you about a, another miracle of death coming to life. Bill and Jan, not the real names. Bill and Jan had decided that their marriage was dead and hopeless. But they thought, well, before we give up, We'll try counseling one more time. And they went to a counselor. After meeting with that counselor for a few times, the counselor looked at them and said, I think you're right. I think you might as well get a divorce. I think your marriage is hopeless. And then he handed them a piece of paper. And on that piece of paper, he had written my name and my office phone number. And he said, but before you get a divorce, go see this man. And they called my office and made an appointment. And the first day they came to see me, they shared what I just told you. And then they began talking about what was going on. I said, so why do you think your marriage is hopeless? And 
what's the root issues? And I asked her and I asked him, and they basically shared the same thing. <clears throat> he, his anger and his harsh words had broken her heart, and her criticalness and constant ridicule of him had broken his spirit, and uh, uh, she would... She felt alone. She felt like he didn't really care. and She felt like that, that she was really being neglected. And so she would push his buttons. And when she would push his buttons, he would get angry. He had felt disrespected and, and, and demeaned. And so he would get angry. And he would yell and scream and call her names. And, and then she'd get angry and throw something at him. And what Dr. Egerich calls the crazy cycle. They were constantly on the crazy cycle. And there was no love. And their marriage was hopeless, they thought. Over several sessions, I, I, I said, well, we're going to work at this, but you've got to commit. You'll meet with me at least eight times. Now, about the fourth time, you're going to want to quit, but you'll meet at least eight times. You can't quit. And they kind of swallowed hard and said, okay. And I began to share with them the God kind of love and how that God wanted to give them personally in their heart a new life and the love of God. Now, when they would let Jesus come into their heart and fill their heart with the love of God, then we talked about how they could get off that crazy cycle and begin sharing true love with one another. And at the end of that eight weeks, they said it's like it's brand new. Their life had been born again. It was like their marriage had been born again. So they said, can we do eight more? And so we did eight more. And now their marriage was brand new. Life had come into their marriage. It had been resurrected in the power of Almighty God. That was over 30 years ago. Their marriage was born again. His family moved every year, sometimes more than once in a year, going from mining camp to mining camp. Dad was a heavy drinker. He'd come home from the mines bone-weary, begin drinking, get drunk every night, pushed Ron away, had no real relationship. Ron hated school. He knew he was stupid. He could barely read. Whenever he was called on in class, his usual modus operandi was to, to get angry and yell and a string of cuss words back at the teacher. And his size, he was very big for his age, and his size and his angry countenance would either intimidate the teacher or the teacher would send him to the principal and he'd be expelled for a day or two. 
He fought a lot on the school ground. Not, he didn't pick fights. He only fought if he was defending someone being bullied or defending a girl that was being mistreated or if someone was mocking or ridiculing him. He never lost. But by the time he was a teenager, he was an alcoholic and a drug addict. He was a dealer. By the time he was in his early 20s, he was a hitman for the organization in Nevada and Utah, enforcing and collecting debts. His usual method was to rip off a kneecap. Even as a teenager, he was so mean and so cold-hearted, they began calling him the Ice Man. One day he thought, you know, why am I making them rich when I can get rich? And he came up with an idea of extorting a million dollars from United Airlines. However, he got caught. The hanging judge in Nevada sentenced him to 25 years at McNeil Island in the state of Washington. He'd only been at McNeil Island a few weeks. One of the old men who had been at McNeil Island for 40 years and had 50 to go gave him a Bible. The first night he had the Bible, he was so angry he threw the Bible across the cell. Then he walked over and picked it up, put it under his mattress on his bunk. But every night, laying on the mattress, he could feel that Bible under him, and it was like it was calling to him. So finally, he pulled it out from under the mattress, and he began reading it late at night, so no one would see him reading it. But one night as he was reading it, tears started, and he couldn't stop them. And it was like Jesus was right in the cell there with him. He began talking. To God. And as he talked to God, something strange began to happen inside of him. And he felt his heart changing. And it was like he had a transformation. He couldn't explain it, but he knew something had happened inside. A few days later, the warden let him know he was being called back before the hanging judge in Nevada. And his attorney didn't know why. When they got to Nevada, the prosecuting attorney didn't know why. And as he stood before the bench and the hanging judge, the hanging judge looked down at him and said, nobody knows why you're here except me. I have found it in my heart to pardon you. And now... Not only did he have a new heart, but he had a new life. Ron Rerick became a great speaker, great evangelist, associate pastor of Foursquare Church in Beaverton. I had him speak for me several times. What was really humorous about him is whenever he talked, he sounded like he was mafia. But what a great evangelist for God he became. You see, because 
where there is death, when you will let him, Jesus Christ will bring resurrection life. Jesus Christ wants to bring resurrection life into your place that is dead. Maybe you're struggling with an addiction. Maybe you struggle with depression. Or maybe resentment and bitterness has consumed your heart. Maybe your marriage is dying. Maybe you've just lost hope and you're just existing from day to day because you just see no hope. And the Lord Jesus Christ wants to bring resurrection life into your valley of dry bones. That's his desire. And he will. But the first thing that God told the prophet to do if they were going to see life come into that valley of dry bones is he said, prophet, declare all bones, hear the word of the Lord. And that's the first thing we must be willing to do. Are you willing to hear the word of the Lord? Are you willing to let the word of God not just come in one ear and go out the other? <laughs> not, not just listen to it and, and click your tongue at it, but are you willing to let the word of God go into your heart and bring faith to your heart? Are you willing to really hear the word of the Lord? Amen. Jesus Christ said this, if you abide in my word, then you are my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. See, it's the word of God that brings freedom to us. Because the word of God is the absolute infallible truth. And the word of God says this to you and to me. The wages of sin is death. See, death was never a part of the human experience. And God never meant for death to be a part of the human experience. When God first created humans, they were eternal beings. But you will remember the story in the garden, there was a tree. And he said, do not eat of that tree. Now, I think most people call it an apple tree or think it's an apple tree, okay? I don't think it's an apple tree because I love red delicious apples, okay? So it can't possibly be an apple tree. We don't know what kind of tree. It doesn't tell us what kind of tree. It just says, don't eat of that tree, right? Don't eat of that tree. But they did. And God said, don't eat of that tree because the day that you do, you will surely die. There was no question. And they ate of the tree, and death came into the human experience. Now, it wasn't immediate physical death. Because it's not just physical death that puts us in the grave that we get from sin. But between the time we sin and the grave, there are multiple kinds of death we go through. Guilt, shame, humiliation, broken relationships, 
Come on, amen? amen. Stupid choices. I'm, I'm, I'm probably the only one in the room, but I have what I call my invisible hall of shame. I don't live by that hall of shame, but every now and again when my ego kind of starts getting up, I stop, I open the door, I look in, and there's a lot of dumb stuff in there. And I remind myself, you're not as cool as you think you are right now. <laughs> Pastoral staff, listen up. I, I, I was in my early 20s, and God had been blessing our ministry. And just we were just seeing really good things happen. And one day, my bishop showed up at my door completely unexpected. And we were talking, and before he got done, he said, I brought you something. And he slid across this little article. I carried it in my wallet for years until you just couldn't see it anymore. And this is what that little article said. Sometimes when you're feeling big-hearted. Sometimes when your ego is in bloom. Sometimes when you think that you are the best qualified in the room. Take a bucket and fill it with water. Put your hand in up to the wrist. Pull it out, and the hole that's remaining is a measure of how much you'll be missed. Amen. And I remember reading that and then looking at him and looking at it again and looking at him and wondering, what is he trying to say to me? Later that day, it dawned on me, oh, I think my ego was in too big a bloom. <laughs> but see, here's the sad part about that. Many times those things that are most destructive in our life, we have total blind spots to. And they're killing us. It could be an addiction. It could be a bitterness. It could be a habit that we formed. It could be our tongue. Boy, there's a reason the Bible says that life and death are in the power of the tongue. But the wages of sin is death. God asked the prophet Jeremiah an interesting question one time. He said, can an Ethiopian change his skin? Can a leopard change his spots? Can you do good who are so used to doing evil? And what God was asking is this. Can we as humans change our skin color? No. I know Michael Jackson tried, but no. Can, can we, can, you know, can our, can our favorite pets change their fur? No. Can you change your heart? Can you conquer that addiction? Can you quit that pornography? Can you quit that drug? Can you quit that prescription? Can you... Can you quit your bitterness? Can you suddenly start hoping when you feel hopeless? Can you conquer that depression? If you could, 
You would have by now. God knows you've tried. But we can't. You see, we can't change our sin. We can't stop. We can't change our heart. We can't do that. But Almighty God can and He will. He can and He will. That's why Scripture says that Jesus Christ, Jesus, Almighty God, who came to earth and became a man, Jesus himself said, this is my mission. I've come to seek and to save that which is lost. Because we can't change ourselves. You see, this is one of the distinctions of Christianity. All other religions in the world are trying to get to God. In Christianity, God came to man. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus Christ, in becoming a man, he had one mission, one mission. He went to the flogging post. The scripture says at the flogging post where the cat of nine tails ripped his back till you could see his spine and his shoulder blades. The, the capillaries were bursting. He did that for one reason, because he carried our pain and bore our sicknesses. And then they nailed him to the cross for one reason. The scripture says when he was hanging on that cross in midair, the Lord hath laid upon him the iniquity of us all. You see, sin is when we disobey God. Sin is when we do those things that God said he hates. Sin is when we break the commandments. And the scripture says that while Jesus was hanging on the cross, Jesus Christ, perfect, who had never sinned, Almighty God, Heavenly Father, laid my sin and your sin on him because the wages of sin is death. And Jesus hung in our place. See, Scripture tells us that sin has pleasure for a season. And you, and you I don't know what it was like for you, but you know, when, when I was a young kid and then as a young man, I was like, oh man, this is really cool. Oh, you'll love this. This is exciting. Oh, this, this will bring you so much pleasure. And oh, yeah, it's exciting and it's pleasurable for a season. But then pretty soon it starts bringing guilt, condemnation. You feel ashamed. Pretty soon it's doing you instead of you doing it. It breaks relationships, destroys relationships with your kids, with your wife, with your husband, with your parents, even with your friends. Some of your best friends stop wanting to hang around you. It just kills you. Sin brings verbal abuse, physical abuse, rape, incest, 
that leaves the victim broken for a lifetime, feeling there's not enough showers that make you feel clean again. It just breaks your heart. It breaks your spirit. And then it begins to sow bitterness and anger and resentment and hatred. And that begins to bring death inside of you. It builds walls. Jesus Christ took all of that on the cross and died in your place so you could live. And when they took him off the cross and laid him in that borrowed tomb, your life of sin was buried with him. All that sin that happened to you was buried with him. Pastor Jesse, that was Friday. But Sunday's coming. For three days, he laid in that grave. But early Sunday morning, the wind of God came in to that tomb. And it rolled the stone back and it brought life into that body. And he took off the old grave clothes where the sin of mankind had been wrapped. And he put on a new set of clothes. And he walked out of that grave to declare to all of mankind, because I live, you live also. And so now, when we receive the Lord Jesus Christ, we receive eternal life. He said, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Jesus Christ said those words. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. When we receive Jesus Christ into our life, we become sons and daughters of God, and we receive eternal life. That is why you've probably heard this scripture at some point. That is why Jesus also said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Would you say that with me? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Hallelujah. Everlasting life. Now listen to me. That's not just pie in the sky when you die. Okay, It is that. We get to go to heaven. And I'm looking forward to heaven. And it would not bother me even a little if he took me there today. Because I got to tell you, this old world is coming unraveled like some of my baseballs used to be when I used them too much. But see, between now and then, when you receive Jesus Christ, 
He gives you a whole new heart. And the old heart of shame and condemnation is removed. And the old guilt and all that old stuff that brings shame and condemnation is removed. That's why the the same truth that says the wages of sin is death, comma, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Want to hear it again? The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Come on, give him a praise. How about this one? There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Oh, you see, here's the beautiful thing. Jesus Christ says, I want to give you eternal life right now, and then... When this body stops breathing, you don't really die. You just come be with me in heaven. And then one day, the graves are going to start rattling. Them old bones are going to start rattling. And I'm going to resurrect your body to a new glorified body. And you're going to live with me eternally in my kingdom. There is therefore now. No condemnation. See, eternal life. How is that even possible? He said, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things are become new. When you ask Jesus to come into your heart, the wind of heaven, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, Scripture says, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, the scripture says, comes into your body and gives you resurrection life and a new heart and a new want to. And the things you used to love, you now won't like. The things you used to really like, you won't love. Because <laughs> he gives you a new heart. Because you're a whole new man. You're a whole new woman. Jesus brings resurrection life into your valley of dry bones. We are so blessed that you join us online today. For more resources on how you can grow your relationship with Jesus Christ, visit us online at www.winacity.com. If you would like to speak with someone about your relationship with Jesus Christ or would like prayer, you can contact us at 541-567-4486 or email us at info at winacity.com. At